Welcome to the Bold Speak Podcast. I'm Anthony Creedon. This is episode one, which means like any quality pilot, I need to establish the basics. So first, I need to introduce the characters, um, which should be pretty straightforward because I'm really the only character here at this moment. Uh, so who am I? Well, I'm a ministry professional with over 15 years of educational experience. I have a degree in family life education from Concordia University in Ann Arbor. I have a master's in divinity from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And I've spoken at conferences, taught in the classroom, and been involved in the development of curriculum for biblical education for almost my entire career. And see, now I want to bring all of that to you for a very specific reason. See, the reason is that there is a what I perceive to be a dangerous problem in the Christian church. And see, that's the next crucial part of any good pilot, the plot. Truth be told, I've been in a bit of a rocky relationship with the church for several years, and to be honest, a fair portion of that is my fault. But through it all, I've seen some things that, quite frankly, concern me. Attitudes and, and practices that have been unsettling and yet so very familiar. For the longest time, I really couldn't put my finger on it. It was just this overall sense of uneasiness. But when my world came collapsing down around me and everything was stripped bare a few years ago, that's, that's when I first noticed it. And I noticed it in myself. See, I, I'd forgotten what it meant to be the church. I'd lost the gospel. I mean, sure, I could, I could teach it, I could wax poetic about it, I could give you all the different theological proofs and the support scriptures for all of it, but I, I didn't know how to live it. So the gospel had been reduced to an idea. But when I was hurting and broken, I didn't need an idea. I needed mercy. I needed love. I needed a chance to repent. I needed an opportunity for a new beginning. And when I received it, it changed my life. And see, I firmly believe it can change yours too. Bold Speak is about the life-changing gospel. It's about reclaiming the confidence in Christ to actually change people's lives. Not in the sense of some kind of enlightenment, but to actually change the attitudes and behaviors in people in order that they might see who God truly is. Merciful and gracious and abounding in steadfast love. And that's not just some kind of turn of phrase. It's the truth. And it's the most absolute truth there is. See, I put the mission of Bold Speak this way. To learn and live the gospel at all times and everywhere. That's what this is about. And finally, the last quality marker of any solid pilot is the plan for resolution. So, what are we going to do? Well, here's what we're going to do. Bold Speak is committed to releasing both regular podcasts and videos to help you figure out what living the gospel looks like. The podcasts, like this one are going to begin with Bible study. We're going to dig deep into the Word and see what God's trying to tell us about who He is and what that's made us to be. And there will also be a few other surprises thrown in here and there that will help you apply biblical principles or just get to know a little about me, uh, about my quirks. Not all of my quirks. That, that may be a little difficult for anyone to understand. Just, just some of them. And then we're going to do some other little features that will kind of get you involved in culture and news and, and those kinds of things. So I'm really excited for you to kind of join us in that. Now, the other thing we're going to do is something called Bold Speak TV. There, we're going to release some videos, some short, some long, 
all intended to encourage you to do Bible study either on a break or at work or maybe after the kids are in bed, just at a time that works for you. I want you to have the availability to do Bible study on your schedule so that you can continue to be in the Word and grow in your confidence in the Gospel. Now, the cool thing about all these different studies is that we're also going to be releasing study guides and workbooks for you to engage in each study and kind of take notes. Because sometimes it just helps to process these things in such a way that you can go back and you can take a look at it and recall what we've been discussing, especially as we start journeying through an entire book like we're going to begin today with the book of Galatians. Now, if you'd like to purchase one of these study guides, uh, you can make sure to connect with us on our website. That's www.theboldspeak.com, and then click on our shop button. There you can find all the resources, like the one we're going to begin today. And then you can also, through our website or just on these websites, connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all by adding the forward slash theboldspeak at the end of each of the URLs. Follow, like, share, help us help others learn what it means to be the gospel, not just talk about it. Okay, so now that we've established kind of the basic outline, a quality plot in this epic series, let's actually get to the good stuff. So let's start with the book of Galatians. Welcome everyone to No Other Gospel, a study of the book of Galatians, lesson one. Again, I'm Anthony Creedon. Very glad you could be with us on this journey through this very, very important letter for understanding the nature of the gospel and what it means. Before we get started, I'm going to go over just a couple of things since this is the first study that we're doing that I'll tell you a little bit about how we're going to go about this. Uh, two things. First, the study guide. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are study guides and workbooks available on our website, www.theboldspeak.com. If you go to the shop there, you can purchase those study guides and workbooks and kind of track along with us. Uh, in there, there's a little bit of additional information. Um, there's all the questions. Again, an opportunity for you to take notes and, and track along uh, so you can reference these things later. Again, something very important when we're going through a long, uh, a long book to, to, to kind of stay on pace. The other thing is you're going to hear me uh, reference parts of Scripture and read them to you. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. That's the ESV. Now, if you're home and you're doing the study uh, by yourself uh, and you've got a Bible with you and it's ESV, you can track along with us uh, pretty easily. If you don't have a copy of the ESV, that is totally fine. Uh, grab the translation that works best for you, one that you love, and I'll give you all the references so you can follow along pretty easily. Uh, if you're listening to us while you're on the road and you're driving, uh, please don't pull out a Bible. Uh, don't look at anything except for the road in front of you, 10 and 2. Uh, I will be reading to you these portions of Scripture so you can follow along uh, without getting distracted by trying to hold other things and driving. All right, so uh, we're going to be going for the ESV. Uh, we're going to be kind of working through each of the sections of Scripture in small chunks so it's more digestible uh, and we can really kind of dig in. All right. That being said, uh, let's get started. But before we jump right into chapter one, we have to set the stage a little bit. And to set the stage, we're going to talk a little bit about what Paul is doing here in the book of Galatians and what he's addressing. Uh, the book of Galatians is a letter of Paul uh, that he wrote to the Christians in Galatia somewhere between 51 to 53 AD. Now that puts Paul right between his second and third missionary journey. 
And the region that he's writing to is Galatia. Now, that's different than other letters like Ephesus or the Ephesian letter um, or the Corinthian letter because they're written to very specific cities. Uh, this is a region, which means the letter itself was circular and was intended to be received and then copied and dispersed amongst the people, which means the message that Paul is trying to communicate is a message for a broad audience. Now, the reason it's important to recognize this broad audience is because Paul wants everyone to know very specifically what's going on here. Paul's going to spend a lot of time writing against a group of people known as the Judaizers. They're called Judaizers because in their minds, they believed that the covenant promise of Jesus Christ was only meant for the covenant people. So unless you were part of the covenant people, the promise of Christ has no benefit for you. This means that in order to receive Christ, you first had to become Jewish. Now, the way that this happened was through circumcision. So you're going to hear Paul talk quite a bit about circumcision. And we are too. And to better understand what it is that was happening as a part of the covenant of the Jews and how it applies uh, in this specific context. But the other thing you need to know is that because they had added circumcision into the plan of salvation and specifically into a definition of the gospel, Paul's kind of upset. And, and I don't say that lightly. In fact, he's incredibly angry. And you're going to hear that come out in the words. That's one of the things I love about Paul is his passion uh, for the gospel. And, and he really doesn't hold anything back. Um, he's, he's pretty blunt and straightforward. And you're going you're gonna to hear some things of that as we go along. All right, but so that means when we're reading it, when we're discussing it, we're going to bring out some of those things. So sort of be prepared for that. All right, so we've got a book against a group of people who believe you need to be circumcised to receive Jesus. And you got a pretty angry apostle for the Lord kind of writing in regard to these issues. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to read Galatians 1, verses 1 through 10. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Question 1. In verse 1, what do we learn about how Paul views the office of an apostle? Now this is a fascinating question. Paul, as he begins to make his case, makes sure that he states something very clear. See, his apostleship has roots in an origin in a unique calling from God through Jesus Christ. 
Now, this is placed in contrast to those who would claim their apostleship by the authority of other men who might revere them and place them on some kind of pedestal. You might liken it to one who receives kind of formal training in theological principles and education and then receives a calling into the ministry versus someone who would just go online and maybe kind of fill out a form and take a survey and receive some kind of certificate that says they're a pastor. While both may be given the title, they're just not the same. See, one person is giving training from the Word of God and is then commissioned or called into a very specific office to use that training to communicate the gospel and to encourage the church. The other is given a title by maybe someone who built a website or maybe even themselves or maybe just a bunch of people who like that person. See, the point Paul is making is this. Just because someone calls themselves an apostle or just because someone says that they claim to speak on behalf of God doesn't mean they automatically speak without authority. There has to be some kind of check and balance. How is it that you know when someone says to you, this is the word of God, that it actually is the word of God? How do you know, for instance, that when I tell you that these things are the word of God, that this is what God desires you to know, how do you know that's exactly what God desires you to know? Here's the difference. Check me on it. I don't want you to just listen to me and believe the words that I'm saying to you. I don't want you to just buy into what I'm saying in this Bible study simply because I claim some kind of authority. Do I have formal education and training in the Bible? Yes. So do a lot of people. But you should believe and hold confidence in that which is proclaimed from the word because it comes from the word. Check it. Check me. Read the word. Question. Ask. Pursue. When you do that, you'll be able to validate the claims because of the word of God, not because of me. I don't carry some authority in and of myself. The only authority that is taken here, the only authority that is to be recognized, is the authority of God. And that comes directly from his word. See, the truth is that the truth of God's claim doesn't depend on the person speaking it. The truth is the truth. And Paul, right at the outset, wants everyone to know that his claim to truth is a direct revelation from Christ himself. That's something to be taken seriously. Let's move on to question two. What is Paul saying in verses eight and nine? Now let me remind you of what's been said. Paul says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Now, what's Paul getting at here? Uh, Paul is doing something that Paul does often, which is speak in hyperbole. That is to say, he's over-exaggerating his statement to make a point. And this is the point that he's making. The gospel is a pure revelation from Jesus Christ himself. Paul received it from Jesus and is now giving it to those he encounters. Which means the validity of his claims to the gospel should be held pretty solidly. 
So if someone else should come along and make some sort of claim that the gospel is this thing or that thing, and it varies or changes from Paul's revelation of the gospel, then we need to recognize that the second revelation of the gospel is the false revelation of the gospel. See, here's what Paul's saying. Paul doesn't mean that angels would literally be able to speak a false gospel, but this exaggeration is pointing out that it doesn't matter who is saying it and what credibility they supposedly have. If it's a gospel different from the one that Christ gave through the Apostle Paul, it is not the true gospel. See, we can't get wrapped up in the credentials or the perceptions of the messenger. Reputation means nothing when it comes to truth. We must learn to be careful listeners of the message and not get caught up in the messenger. The truth of the gospel is the truth regardless of who's saying it. If even the worst of sinners comes and proclaims a truth of God's love, it doesn't make that truth any less true. So we need to hold fast to the truth and the reliability of the gospel as it's been given to us in God's word. That is absolutely critical. All right, let's move on to question three. How do we know when a different gospel is being preached to us? Now, this is a very interesting question. It's interesting because I don't think a lot of us realize how it is that we process difference and change. Let me give you an example. Uh, I'm a big person for uh, the book being better than the movie. I, if there's a movie out about a book, I want to make sure that I read the book first so that I can get the author's kind of original intent and then I can enjoy the movie and appreciate maybe some of the changes and how they uh, had to kind of reduce things to fit it into a film. But I also know kind of the real story that was behind it and I, I kind of like that. But for those who have not read the book, the movie seems like its own little isolated story. They don't notice variations, they don't notice changes because they're not familiar with the original. So how do we know when a gospel message is different? Well, the only way to know that is if we know the original gospel. If we search through the books of the gospels, if we read about the life of Jesus Christ, if we listen to his message and see how he lived, when we do that, we get a full picture for the original gospel, what God intended the gospel to be, what his purpose is for it, how it's supposed to work. And then once we understand that, we can recognize variations and changes on the original. That allows us to spot things that maybe go against the original intent of the gospel so that we can make sure that we hold on to the purity of what the gospel message is. Now, this is absolutely important for Paul. Because see, what the Judaizers have done is they've added something. They've augmented the gospel. And so for Paul, the most important thing we can do here is clarify very, very clearly what the gospel is so that we can see the problem with what the Judaizers had made it to be. And so what Paul is intending to do here is to write an entire letter that very clearly gives the truth and purity of the gospel. And that is, in fact, what we at Bold Speak, and hopefully you as well, are seeking to find too. All right, so let's finish up our time here on this first episode of the Bold Speak podcast with question four. What is Paul getting at in verse 10? Now, let me remind you of verse 10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? 
or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Simply put, here's what Paul is trying to say. Our mission to, to serve God, to communicate the gospel, has to be a higher priority than our popularity by our peers. In other words, the, the things that we're going to say, the things that Paul is saying, aren't going to be popular to most people, and especially some religious people. What we're going to lay out here is the Galatian message of the gospel and what it is and all its purity and all its truth. And while it's true, we have to recognize that it's not going to make some people happy. Some people actually might be pretty upset by it. They might think we're stepping too far or we're going uh, in a different direction than they think that we should go. But the truth is, is that we have to take the attitude of Paul because I believe it's the right attitude. And that's this. If it's true, I don't care. <laughs> if it's true, I don't care what you think. Because it's true. If the gospel is the pure message of Jesus Christ to be lived out in our lives and with others, and it doesn't kind of rub people the right way, that doesn't really matter to me. Because the truth is the truth. It doesn't matter who says it. It's not my job or your job or Paul's job to make people like us. It's our job to proclaim the truth. And we have to be prepared that that truth may not go well with everyone. Now, the reason that this is really important to emphasize, especially here at the start of not just the book of Galatians, but this entire ministry of Bold Speak altogether, is that we're going to call for some radical things in the gospel. I'm going to be challenging you to do radical forgiveness, to, to love people, to invest yourself in people's lives. To not uh, just remain comfortable, but be willing to step out in some uncomfortableness so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can be experienced and lived. Now, that may not go uh, so well with some people, but that's okay. Because as we take a look at this, I am confident that the truth of the gospel will be seen and heard by you. And as you see it, and you hear it, and you experience it, you will be moved by the Spirit of God to live the gospel out. And that's the goal here. To live the gospel in the lives of all people everywhere. Now what that means is we have to approach this task, because it will not be received well by some, we have to approach it with a whole lot of humility. And so in, in that spirit, I want you to hear something very important. As we are challenging the church to, to reclaim the gospel and the truth of the life of the gospel, we have to remember this principle. If you are more concerned with being right than doing right, you're doing wrong. Right, let me say that again. If you are more concerned with being right than doing right, you're doing wrong. Now we're going to see this play itself out in the lives of the Judaizers. So the Judaizers has gotten it into their head that the people needed to be Jewish to receive the promised love, grace, and mercy of Jesus Christ because they were the covenant people. And if Christ is in fact the fulfillment of that covenant, then they need to be covenant people first through circumcision. 
Now that idea is just plain wrong, but once they got it in their head, they tried to force it on the people. And as they forced it on the people, they had a complete disregard for how it would affect them and, and what it would do for them and what that actually communicated about God. Because they were more concerned with being right than doing right. And Paul is going to call them on the carpet for it. Now it's in those moments that he calls them to the carpet that we should maybe take some time for some personal reflection. As we approach uh, this way of looking at the gospel, as we approach the church and, and kind of hold this up before the church, we need to make sure that we are always concerned with doing right as much as we are with proclaiming that which is right in the gospel. It is our job to love people, to care for people, not to bully people, not to push people over with it. This gospel is a message of love, and we need to act loving as we put it out there. So I appreciate you joining me for this first episode of the No Other Gospel Study. Uh, I hope that you tune in next time for the uh, next section here as we're going to dive into a little bit more from Galatians 1. We're actually going to jump back a little bit into uh, the book of Acts to see uh, Paul's conversion experience as Paul himself addresses it and what it has to say about the person of Paul himself. So again, I hope you join us next time and... Uh, I look forward to talking with you then. Now we're going to jump into something a little bit different and a new feature that we've got uh, for the Bold Speak podcast called the In and Out. This is an opportunity for you to get to know a little bit about me, uh, some things that I'm into, some things that I'm just done with. Uh, so let's get to it. Here is the In and Out. All right, young man, in or out. All right, on this edition of the In or Out, we're talking about something that I'm actually into right now. And actually, well, I should clarify that. I'm into it again, and that is the television series Chuck. That's right. For those of you who are big Chuck fans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are not familiar with Chuck, you can stream the entire series right now on Amazon Prime. A uh, short synopsis, Chuck is about a young man who uh, works at a large electronics store called the Buy More. Uh, he works for the Nerd Herd, which is the computer repair group. And in the process of his daily life, he receives a message from a friend that contains a lot of uh, secrets from the CIA uh, downloaded into images. Those images are then downloaded into his brain, and then Chuck has all these government se uh, secrets trapped in his head. In order to address this, the government sends agents from the CIA and the NSA. Uh, they get to know Chuck, interact with Chuck, and become a team that does different missions and things. The show is super funny, uh, a lot of great stories and story arcs. But the thing that really attracts me to the television show Chuck is all the things going around with relationships. Specifically, here's what I mean. There's a lot of character development, and I'm a sucker for character development. But the character development has to do with Chuck learning to be vulnerable and more intimate while finding some focus for his life. When the series starts, Chuck has just gotten out of a really bad relationship and lacks focus and purpose in his life. And so these missions allow him to develop into someone who finds purpose and opens himself up to more productive relationships. On the other side of the relationship coin, however, you have CIA and NSA agents who have been trained to isolate themselves, to not really connect with people. So as the series goes on, they learn to establish roots and develop important relationships that connect them with others in a very critical way. Now, you don't have to be a Christian to appreciate the value of relationships, but there are some things from the Bible that can help us gain a little bit better understanding of how this works. 
In fact, very specifically, I'm thinking of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. They say, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. We were made to be in relationships. We were made to, to lean on each other and support each other. And while there are several different opportunities for us to do that, sometimes fear and a lack of wanting to be vulnerable keep us from those critical and important relationships. This television show, Chuck, does a great job of showing you the, the downfalls of not investing yourself in people and the incredible benefits of being involved in quality relationships. So if you're interested in that kind of dynamic of a television show with some great characters and story arcs, I encourage you to go and watch Chuck. If you're a big fan of Chuck and you've seen it before, uh, make sure you let us know maybe some favorite moments, favorite quotes. Uh, make sure you hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Um, and just kind of stay connected to us there. I'd love to hear about your favorite moments. Again, uh, a favorite show of mine. Uh, this is not my first time going through it. I absolutely love it. Uh, so that's all for us on this edition of The In and Out. So that's going to do it for us on this first episode of The Bold Speak. Again, very, very glad you could be with us. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Subscribe, get alerts so you know the next things that are coming up and when we release them. Uh, also, make sure you get connected to our website. Download those resources. We love having you be a part of this ministry. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me. And that is The Bold Speak. <laughs>